Ever feel like you're doing this teaching thing alone? You don't have to be. Share Teaching is all about sharing the workload through the power of collaboration and teamwork. Together, we'll walk through all the difficult parts of teaching and learn how to streamline our processes, fine-tune our time management, and develop a more manageable workload. If that sounds like a dream come true to you, then welcome to the Shared Teaching Podcast. Let's share in the teaching to make those dreams a reality. Now here's today's Shared Teaching. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Shared Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Susan, creator behind Shared Teaching. Thank you so much for being here and being a listener. And happy holidays if you celebrate and you're listening to this at the time it was published. Let's go ahead and dive right in. This is episode 108, where I'm talking all about new teacher advice, the winter edition. So if you miss the other two, I have the summer edition, which is podcast number 77, and the fall edition, which is podcast number 95. And I put these together because they're very specific for each time of year during the school year. So hopefully you can get some lots of good tips and information from them. If you want to go back and listen to them, they are listed in the show notes. So if you're driving, go ahead and look at them later. They'll be there for you anytime. And if you like what you hear and you are a new listener, please take the time to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other teachers find podcasts like mine and learn what they like about it. Okay, so let's go ahead and dive right in. First year teacher advice, winter edition. The first one I have for you is to revisit your classroom management plan. Every time when we come back from break um, in January, it's great time for just a classroom reset. So to do that, you're going to want to rethink your management plan because also the kids have been away from school. What feels like years and years when they come back, they've forgotten all the rules and the procedures. So it's just a really great time to revisit things. And also during the winter break, reflect on what was or was not working. And this is an excellent time to change it. Don't feel like you can't change things if they're not working. Although I do caution if you just started using something and it's only the first week or two you're using it, maybe give it a little bit longer of a trial run to see if it's really not working before you switch things up again. Children thrive on consistency, especially when it comes to behavior management, and you really want to make sure that you're providing that consistency in your classroom. So maybe change it up for something fun in January. I know there's a lot of themed classroom management things where kids can collect like snowballs and then they have a class um, reward. So things like that can really provide an added incentive this time of year when it's a little bit of a struggle to make it through the school days, especially when we're all tired coming back from a break. You think we would be refreshed, but it's kind of the opposite. At least that's my feelings when I come back from a break. Okay, my next tip is to create templates. Templates are your friend. And the more templates you can create, the easier the workload is going to be on yourself. So the first thing I would like you to create, if you've already done report cards, great. But if you haven't, report card comments, having some kind of template for them 
is amazing. And no, it's not going to take away from the individuality of each report card comment because you do want to have very similar basic information in your comment, but then of course you're going to add a sentence or two that's personalized just for that student. For example, the first sentence I'll talk about the student and maybe the student's a pleasure to have in my classroom, what kind of person they are, are they helpful? And then the second sentence moves into their reading scores and talks about them as a reader. So I might add concrete facts. So they scored blank out of blank in their assessment. This puts them at above grade level or below grade level. And so it's like a little template. So I have three different templates, one for a lower student, one for an on grade level student, and one for an above grade level student. And then I just copy and paste from those templates and tweak them as needed. So for example, if a student is above level in math, but below level in reading, then they're going to get a little piece of two different templates that I've kind of cobbled together. And then, of course, I'm going to finish up with a nice sentence as well that kind of sandwiches the top sentence, right? You've heard of the compliment sandwich. So you start with a good positive statement about the student. You talk about their reading scores in class, give a tip on how they can improve their reading score. Even if they're high, there's always room for improvement. And then you're going to talk about their math or you can flip it depending on how you feel. I always do reading than math. I'm not sure why. But then math is the same thing. You're going to talk about their score in math, maybe compare it to their average group of peers in the state. If you're doing state assessments and putting that data in your report card comment. And then at the end, you're going to give a nice little sentence about how they are or how you look forward to seeing them grow in the coming school year. And that little tweak of personalization doesn't make it seem so much like a formula, making sure that you're talking specific about those students and their scores. So having a report card template, life-changing. It works really quickly. It still always will take a lot of time to write report cards, but at least having a formula to follow makes it a lot quicker and it's not as difficult coming up with things to say, especially if you already have like a little bank of things to say about like, positive statements about students. And you can even ask ChatGPT about things like this, like write me 10 statements about students' behaviors positively in a classroom and see what it comes up with. And you can use some of those and tweak them to how your verbiage would be in your report card comments. The other template that I would like you to create is a lesson plan template. And I've talked about this many times before. Unfortunately, at the top of my head, I cannot figure out the exact episodes, but if I can find them, I will put it in the show notes for you. But you want to have a template for your lesson plans. So for my writing lessons, for example, I always have the same formula. I have some kind of introduction, some kind of hook that's going to grab the students. I talk about what the standard is. And then we move into the I do portion where I am teaching the lesson and then there's an activity where the kids work with me, which is the we do, and then there's the independent work, which is the you do. So having a set flow to your lesson plans within each subject and maybe even across the subjects you have the exact same formula for your lesson plans makes writing them very easy. For example, I can sit down and batch my lesson plans where I'm going to talk all about the intros for my writing for that week, all about the intros for the reading for the week, and having that mindset of like, oh, I'm talking about how I'm opening up my lesson 
can make it really quick to write those pieces. And I just like to have a planner open and I just jot them on each day of the planner. So I have sections in my planner that have a section for the reading, the writing, and the math. And math is pretty easy because we have to use the curriculum. So I just copy straight from the curriculum. Okay, what's their introduction? And I write it. And then when I go to type up my lesson plans, because we have to have them typed and in a certain program that the principal can see, then it's really easy for me. So making sure to sit down and think about the parts that you want to include in your lesson plan and also maybe your report card comments and maybe a newsletter template. There's so many different templates that you could do that are going to save you time in the long run. If you just take a few minutes to set it up now, then you'll have it for the remainder of the year and it'll make the planning go so much easier because that's the part I feel like that sometimes takes us the longest is figuring out what and how to teach. And don't be afraid to ask other people within your grade level or maybe even other grade levels if you're more comfortable with people from a different grade level about tips on lesson planning. Like, how do you do this when there's not enough time for this? So ask your more seasoned teachers on campus for some help. All right, which leads me to don't try to do it all. This is my third tip. It is impossible to do everything as a teacher, and social media and Pinterest make it seem like many, many, many teachers have it all together. And believe me, we don't. Those that seem to have it all together have most likely sacrificed another part of their life in order to be able to accomplish what they have. Maybe they're not getting meals on the table every night. Maybe their house is a disaster. Maybe the only part of their life that is going and looking nice and running smoothly is their classroom because they're spending so many hours on it, they're sacrificing other things. Please don't be one of those people. As a new teacher, it's very easy to be super excited and want to dive right in and try all the things that you've been dreaming about ever since you were maybe a little kid and wanting to be a teacher, but pull back a little. There's all these years, if this is your career, to try out those new things. Just pick a few things for the first year you're teaching or even the second year you're teaching. Get really good at that thing. Maybe centers is your thing. Focus on your centers. Don't worry about the rest of it. Maybe just use the curriculum that's provided for you for the rest of the subjects. And you're just focusing on how to get your centers going, how to run them smoothly. Because believe me, that by itself is a huge monumental task. So you want to just focus on one thing. And make sure you're asking, again, other teachers within your school for help. If they are doing something really well and you're struggling with it, let's say like math, then ask them, how do you get better at math? What did you do to have such a great scores for your, for your math with your students? And most teachers are more than willing to share because they want all students to succeed. And those that are not willing to share you know you're just not going to be around them. You don't want that energy and that vibe from them, right? So please don't try to do it all. Scale back a little bit. Take time to breathe. Schedule in time for yourself to make sure you're getting your things done. Yes, as a new teacher, you probably work beyond contract hours, but make a limit to yourself. Say, I'm not going to spend more than 45 minutes to an hour. I'm going to leave at this time. Or maybe you have one day where you leave right on contract time. 
but making that promise and that commitment to yourself is okay because we all need our mental health and our sanity at the end of the day because we kind of need to decompress before we start a new day. And only other teachers really understand that. So oftentimes your family and friends are not going to understand if they're not in the teaching world as well. So it makes it even harder to try to scale that back if you're not having that support. But reach out, find a good community that will be supportive. Don't try to do it all. Scale back a little bit and go from there. Okay, next is how frequent parent communication. So as a parent myself, this is one that is really important to me. I know as a new teacher, it's just one more thing on your plate, but sometimes it's very simple to write a quick note to parents, even if it's once a week, maybe it's on Mondays or maybe it's on Fridays talking about the wrap up of your week. So you can either do a Monday note to parents saying, Hey, this is what we're going to work on this week. Or you can do a Friday note and say, Hey, this is the kind of things we've done this week, but knowing where your child is at in school, what they're studying makes it so much easier as a parent to be able to help your child at home. And yes, I know we're seeing more and more parent decline with helping um, students at home, but having that communication piece, those that want to help will be able to help and not knowing and being the parent that has to reach out and ask and ask and ask. It doesn't leave a, what do they say, good feeling in your mouth it kind of gives me that bad taste. Like I don't want to keep approaching my child's teacher. As a teacher myself in the same school, it's very awkward saying, hey, I would love to know what she's working on. I haven't seen any papers come home. So make sure you have some kind of frequent parent communication. Again, set up some kind of templates, set up some kind of system. I'm all about systems. So you really want to have a nice system for your parent communication, making sure it's happening on a regular basis. So parents are knowing what to expect, when to expect the notes, how to figure out how to help their children, and it can be very simple. Just provide them updates. The other thing, even primary, even older parents, or not older parents, but older upper elementary students, their parents love to see some kind of pictures or something. So sharing like a picture of, oh, look at them, they're working on this math center, or hey, here they are reading with a friend, here they're at recess, if you happen to see them at recess or PE or something and can snap a quick picture and just send it to their parent. That goes a long way towards building that nice rapport with parents. So always start with those positives, sending updates, give them a picture once in a while, just explain what's coming up if you have a big project coming up. Let them know several weeks in advance, not, oh, hey, we're doing this art project in a couple days. Can you help me out? Because that's not enough time for some parents to prepare when they need like two weeks to give time to their job to take the day off. Okay, so the last thing I want to talk about is mistakes will happen. Know that not every teacher is perfect. We all make mistakes. We're all human. There's a lot to the teaching job, and things are bound to be forgotten or missed, especially when you are new to the job, because it's overwhelming, and there's so many moving pieces, like spinning plates, right? You're bound to not catch one, and one's going to fall to the ground and break. It's okay. Take a deep breath, and if your admin comes to you and says, hey, you forgot something, 
just own up to it. Don't try to brush it under the rug or pretend it never happened. Just be honest with them and say, oh gosh, yes, I really forgot because we had all these other things going and I thought the deadline was a different day. Whatever your truth is it going to be, just be honest, right? And if you do something that you think might get you in trouble, maybe you accidentally previewed something like I was talking about and I think it was the last episode where I accidentally had a video off to the side that was like upcoming different YouTube videos you could select from and it was semi well it was inappropriate <laughs> for a classroom just tell your principal like hey this came up on the screen I wasn't aware of it I shut it down as fast as I could because they might get a parent complaint and they want to hear from it from you first before the parent so get ahead of those kind of things if you think there's going to be something that's going to cause an issue Talk to your admin first. Sometimes they seem very scary people, but they all want what's best for the kids and they want you to be successful in your job or they wouldn't have hired you. So just be proactive and realize that mistakes will happen. We're all human. Don't beat yourself up about it. There's all these other years you have in teaching to get it right. So I hope this advice was very helpful. Just a really quick recap. We had, we want to revisit our classroom management plan after a big break. We want to create templates to make planning easier. We do not want to try to do it all. We want to have frequent parent communication, and we're going to realize that mistakes will happen. I hope you'll join me next time for an all-new episode on the Share Teaching Podcast. And also in the spring, there'll be a new winter edition. So don't forget to go back and listen to the summer edition, episode 77, and the fall edition, episode 95. Take care and have a wonderful holiday. Bye for now. If you've loved this show, then join me in sharing the teaching, hitting that subscribe button, and leaving us a review on iTunes, so we can be found by more teachers like you who are ready to start sharing the workload. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Find new episodes each week on shareteaching.com. Thanks for listening to the Share Teaching Podcast.